بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome to another edition of the program Al-Fiqh al-Madhahib al-Arba'a That is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought I'm your host Muhammad Musa Bera And with me in the Johannesburg studios is the Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Wa alaikum assalam warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Alhamdulillah for the past few weeks we've been discussing nikah This week also we carry on with the subject but a new subject altogether And it's called zihar We'd like to find out more about zihar. Mufti Sahib, what is zihar? Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala Rasulihil Kareem. Amma bad. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of this universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved Master and Leader, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the Arabic language, when we speak of zahar, zahara, it means the back. And when we study the customs and traditions of the pagan Arabs in the pre-Islamic days, they had many, many customs. And one custom was that the husband would tell his wife, Anti alayya kazahri ummi, that you are upon me like the back of my mother. You see the word zahar came? So the verbal noun, that is a masdar, will be called zihar. And the husband who tell his wife that now you are haram upon me. How I cannot touch the back of my mother with lust and passion. So similarly, I cannot come near you. So Islam upheld these laws, but also regulated them and said what needs to be done to rectify it. Because this was rife and rampant in that society. So zihar literally would mean the back and the technical meaning would be to make the, the back of one's wife haram on the person. So although the back was only mentioned, but it means that zikrul juz wa muradul kul, that the portion is mentioned, but the entire body is meant and understood. So it meant that the husband now cannot take any benefit from his wife, whether it be the conjugal rights or to touch her with lust and passion because he has made her haram. And obviously this is something which is not acceptable in Islam. So therefore the Quran also spoke about these issues. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib. Mufti Sahib, can you give us a historical background of Zihar? Yes, as I mentioned that in the days of Jahiliyyah, that they had several customs and traditions and they used to make zulam upon the wife and oppress the woman. For example, now the lady when she was young, then the, she, the person would get married to her. Now she is old and now he just wants to cause harm to her. And this is what used to happen. And that is why the Quranic verses were revealed and the lady Khola radiallahu ta'ala anha she spoke about this and Nabi alayhi salatu salam was hearing and then Almighty Allah revealed the verses our mother Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha says subhanallah I was right there in the house I did not hear what she was complaining because she was complaining to Nabi alayhi salatu salam but Almighty Allah jalla jalaluhu heard and not only heard but it is mentioned and will be read till the day of Qiyamah in the glorious Quran so it shows 
those that she complained about her husband, this is Hola, about her husband Aus bin Samit, that he already now when she was young she married him and she bore his children and now he has made her the wife haram. So is this not oppression? Is this not injustice? So all that she mentioned to Nabi Wasallam, and then Islam came, as we say always, to liberate the females from the pagan customs and to show that Islam has brought about a divine system based on peace, equity and justice. Jazakallah, Muftisab. Muftisab, you mentioned about the Qur'an. What does the Qur'an say about zihar? What every one of us needs to do is, because in our societies nowadays, this might not be something that is very common, but that does not mean that we should not read it and should not understand it. Every one of us should go to the beginning of the 28th Jews of the Noble Quran, and that is chapter number 58, Surah Mujadala. I will just read the first verse, the beginning of the 28th Jews, and the beginning of the 58th Surah and chapter of the glorious Quran and Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla says قَدْ سَمِئَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوُرَكُمَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِئٌ بَصِيرٌ That certainly Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla has heard the speech of the female قَوْلَ الَّتِي The female speech Who is the female? خَوْلَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهَا who argued and pleaded with Nabi alayhi salatu salam regarding her husband, who's her husband, Aus bin Samit radiallahu ta'ala an, and she directed the complaints to Almighty Allah wa tashtakil Allah, and Almighty Allah azza wa jalla heard their dialogue and conversation, the husband and the wife, and what they said to one another, and Almighty Allah azza wa jalla is all hearing and all seeing, so it shows that this is mentioned, and the whole first page of that Jews of the 28th para and 28 Jews, the beginning of the chapter, verse 58, speaks about zihar. So we will mention the other verses as well. But the point we want to make is, it was so important that Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla mentioned this incident in the Quran and made reference to it. And just to digress for a moment, once Amirul Mu'mineen, Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an was going and Khawla radiallahu anha came from the opposite direction and she said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, O leader of the faithful, and Amir al-Mu'mineen said, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu stopped in his tracks with his army behind him. People said, For what did we stop? This was the wisdom, the prudence of Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab, Amir al-Mu'mineen radiallahu an. He said, that lady who Almighty Allah heard a speech and enshrined in the Quran, she has asked me. So therefore, Amir al-Mu'mineen must stop and listen to her speech, more so when Allah heard the speech. So this is how the Islam gave rank and status and respect to our mothers and sisters. Jazakallah Mufti Sab. If you just joined us, the program is called Al-Fiqh Al-Madhahib Al-Arba'ah, that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought. And today we're discussing an issue called Zihar. Mufti Sab, what are the rulings of Zihar according to the four schools of thought? Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla has mentioned it very, very clearly, and these are the reforms that Islam has brought about in the days of Jahiliyyah, the days of paganism, the pre-Islamic days. Now that lady would be haram, and she would not know whether she is the wife of this person, whether she can get married to someone else, how to be released from the clutches of this husband who is so oppressive and so unjust. So these are the reforms that Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla mentioned. The first verse 
I already read and translated of chapter 58 of the beginning of the 28th Jews and the 28th part of the Quran. Now Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla speaks about the kafara and about the penalty in verse number 3. وَالَّذِينَ يُظَاهِرُونَ مِن نِسَائِهِمْ And those husbands who have pronounced the zihar with their wives, ثُمَّ يَعُودُونَ لِمَا قَالُوا now they wish to go back to their wives, meaning they want to fulfill their conjugal desires. Now what should they do? فَتَحْرِيرُ رَقَبَةٍ مِّنْ قَبْلَ يَدَمَاسَ They need to set the slave free. But in this day and age there are no slaves. So what do you do? Almighty Allah already presupposed that His knowledge is all-knowing, all-comprehensive. So in verse number 4, chapter 58, Almighty Allah says, فَمَنْ لَمْ يَجِدْ فَصِيَامُ الشَّهَرَيْنِ مُتَتَّابِئِينَ as a penalty of the statement of yours, O husband, Allah blessed you with a wife who is halal and permissible for you. Now you made a haram, saying her back, the wife's back, is like that of the auntie alayya, that you, O wife, is like the back of my mother. So you made a haram. For that you need to fast two consecutive months. So that would be the penalty before he can go to his wife. So it shows that this is a serious thing. And if that person is so old or sickly that he cannot fast for two consecutive months, then فَمَلَّمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَإِتْآمُ سِتِّينَ مِسْكِينَ He has to feed 60 poor people. So these are the kafara, the penalty, the consequences and the verdict. And it would go in sequence. First would be a slave. But nowadays there are no slaves, so we come to number two, and that is fasting shahreni mutatabi'ain, that you fast for two consecutive months before you go and touch your wife. So that is the penalty that this person has to pay because Quran said, min masa, that he has to fast for two months before they touch one another. So this is Almighty Allah is filled with shame and modesty. So he used the word touching. Touching here obviously any person can understand means that fulfilling of the lust, passion and desires, the conjugal rights. And if a person is old or sickly as I mentioned, then he has to feed 60 poor people. Jazakallah Mufti Sab. Mufti Sab, is it acceptable to utter these words or is it a sin? Remember that it is called zihar because the norm and the tradition and custom at that time was anti alayya kazahri ummi that you are, he's telling the husband, he's telling the wife, that you are upon me like the back of the mother. So it does not only mean back. For example, if he tells her that you are upon me, kabatni ummi, like the stomach of my mother. So any word that represents the whole body, and that also will be acceptable, meaning he has made him his wife haram upon himself. So Quran has said in verse number 2 of the same chapter, verse chapter 58, verse 2, so Almighty Allah says, أَلَّذِينَ يُظَاهِرُونَ مِنْكُمْ مِنْ نِسَائِهِمْ those of you who pronounced the zihar and uttered it. So now what will be the consequences? So mahunna ummahatim. They do not become your mothers. They are not your mothers. So although you gave similarity of your mother, but they do not become your mother. In ummahatum illallahum, your mothers are only those who gave birth to you. So it shows we have one biological mother and she is the one who gave birth to us. So that is your mother. Now the question to utter these words are what? Quran has used very strong language. Quran says in chapter 58, verse 2, وَإِنَّهُمْ لَيَقُولُونَ مُنْكَرًا مِّنَ الْقَوْلِ وَزُورًا 
Quran says that the speech of theirs, that the wives are like the back of the mothers. Almighty Allah says that this speech and statement of theirs is an objectionable statement and a falsehood. Munkaran, something objectionable, something totally incorrect. And Zura, it is falsehood. Falsehood, Quran says, Wajtanibu qawla zur. Abstain from speaking falsehood. Almighty Allah has mentioned it just after kufr and shirk. To show, to give false testimony, to make false statements like this is a great, great sin, a major, major sin. But Almighty Allah, if you pay the kafara, the penalty, But indeed Almighty Allah is most forgiving and most merciful and most forgiving. So it shows that Almighty Allah is there to pardon the person, but he must realize that what he has uttered and expressed is a major sin. Therefore he has to pay the consequences. Jazakallah Muftisab. Muftisab, what about the other way around? Can a wife make zihar with her husband? According to the vast majority of scholars, the Aima Arba, Imam Malik, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Rahimahullah, that would not be valid. But according to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Rahimahullah, if the wife does it in one verdict of his, then she will have to pay kafara as well. So the vast majority of scholars, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, say that statement would be a futile statement. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Rahimahullah, in one verdict says that if the wife tells the husband that you are yo, you are like the back of my father. So that would be the meaning of zihar, the opposite. So meaning she cannot go and touch her father with lust, the back of her father with lust and desire and uh, you know with uh, lust. So in a case like that what will we say that uh, does she have to pay kafara? Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahimahullah's one verdict is yes she will have to pay the kafara and penalty but the majority of scholars say no it only works one way because Almighty Allah tells us in verse 3 of chapter 58 those who express and utter and pronounce the word of Ziyar with their wives so it shows that it works one way and not the converse the opposite would not be applicable Jazakallah Mufti Sab. Mufti Sab, what happens if these words are uttered repeatedly? Yes, what happens is that it could become very, very serious. Let's say, for example, a person uttered these words. Let's say Zaid told his wife, Zainab, that Anti ummi, that you are upon me like the back of my mother. Then after one week, he still continued having conjugal rights with his wife. He had to pay the kafara. But he didn't pay it. Then he still continued. After another two, three weeks, again he utters those words. Now after one month again, and in the interim period, he is enjoying the conjugal rights with his wife. So in a case like this, according to the vast majority of scholars, the Hanafis, the Malikis, Shafis, they say that what will happen is one kafara will suffice. It doesn't mean now the kafara, the penalty would be doubled and tripled. No, the one kafara would suffice and that is that this person has to now make fast for two consecutive months and if he cannot do so, then he feeds 60 poor people and that would be sufficient. So it means that if a person uttered these words and he continued enjoying himself with his wife and fulfilling his lust and passion and desires, so he will have to pay one kafara only. Now, if example, he wants to repent. He should repent immediately. But sometimes people, due to ignorance, they did not know, or some other reason. So in a case like that, only one penalty would be prescribed and compulsory upon them. However, 
If a person uttered these words once or repeatedly and then paid the kafara and the penalty he fasted for two months or he fed 60 poor people because he did not have the ability, the strength to fast for the two consecutive months. After paying the kafara, this person now repeats the word. Then another kafara would become compulsory as well. So we need to understand the Islamic law properly and therefore it is mentioned here and when we study the Sababun Nuzul, the background to all these verses, verse 1, 2, 3, 4, we will find out that Almighty Allah was highlighting the plight of Khawla bin Thalaba radiallahu anha, how she complained. She said, Ya Rasulallah, that I am the mother of his children. When I was beautiful, then he came and proposed and married me and now I am old and now he wants to leave me haram. So all these are events that show us that Islam came to safeguard the honor and dignity of the mothers and the wives. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib. Mufti Sahib, a person keeps Rosa, supposed to keep fast for 60 days. What happens if he breaks the fast after say about 40, 45 days? If a person kept fast, the husband for 40, 45 days or 35 days and then for example the person fell ill in a case like that, according to the Hanafi and Shafi'i scholars, he has to repeat the whole thing again. The whole cycle. So if he kept for 35, 40, 45, 50 days, and he was very near to the two months, but now he fell ill, he went on a journey, or whatever circumstances. So in a case like that, where he did not fulfill the two fast, the two months rather consecutively, in a case like that, according to Hanafis and Shafi'is, he will have to repeat it from number one again. According to the Malikis and Hanbali scholars, let's say he kept fast 40 days, then he fell ill or had to go on a journey. So when he recovers, he can just continue from there because they say he has a valid excuse. So that is the Maliki and the Hanbali scholars. But according to Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Shafi'i, Rahimahullah, in a case like that, that the whole thing will restart and he has to start from day one again. Jazakallah Mufti Sahib. Mufti Sahib, you mentioned earlier on about feeding 60 people. Is it 60 people or one person for 60 days? When we look at the text of the Quran, and this is chapter 58, verse 4, Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla made it very clear and said, And whosoever cannot, uh, does not have the ability, the strength, and to fast, the ability, capability, to fast for two consecutive months, so for it'amu sittina miskina, you must feed 60 people. That's the Quranic text. Therefore, the vast majority of scholars, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, rahimahullah, state that in a case like that, it is compulsory that you feed 60 people, 60 different people, and you feed them a proper breakfast, and you feed them a proper supper. So two good proper meals you have to give them, and that is what is meant. However, Imam Abu Hanifa, because he was a great thinker, he said that it could mean you bring 60 poor people and feed them these two meals. Or another alternative which he allows is you call one person for 60 days and in that way also you are feeding 60 people. But the, the majority of scholars say no, the Quran says sitina miskina. So 60 destitute, 60 poor people. So Quran said that. So they say that no, we must stick to that. Imam Abu Hanifa says, look at the aim and objective. That I am feeding one person 
for 60 days. So basically we are ending up with the same thing. We say six of this and half a dozen of the others. So he says that even this would be permissible. But majority of the scholars do not allow that. They say the Quranic text must be respected. And that is the Sittina Miskina, 60 poor people and destitute. So therefore in a case like that, that they will call the 60 poor people and then you feed them the breakfast, the proper breakfast. Or you could give them the money also according to the contemporary ulama. And that would also suffice. For example, if a person has committed this crime and major sin in South Africa, so we will say, for example, 15-20 rand for breakfast, another 15-20 rand for supper. So in a case like that, that person can have a proper meal, and in that way, we will say that now this person has paid the kafara and the penalty. Jazakallah, Muftisab, for that wonderful explanation. Muftisab, you mentioned about slaves. Tell us, is it uh, slaves only for Muslim or non-Muslim, or can it be both? In the case, what we want to discuss here is Quran said, فَتَحْرِيرُ رَقَبَتِمْ مِنْ قَبْلَ So when a person, we are discussing this because there is difference of opinion among the jurists and scholars. So Quran said that when a person committed this crime, that he made his wife haram, so he needs to set a slave free. So Quran just used the word فَتَحْرِيرُ رَقَبَتِمْ مِنْ قَبْلَ Before you go and touch your wife, you need to set a slave free. The vast majority of scholars, Imam Malik, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Rahimahullah, state that the slave that you are liberating must be a Muslim slave. And in that case there, the kafara would be valid. Hanafi ulama say that the Quran mentioned فَتَحَرِيرُ رَقَبَتِمْ مِنْ قَبْلَ يَتَمَاسَ So Almighty Allah did not make it conditional. Almighty Allah mentioned it unconditional. When we look at the Quran فَتَحَرِيرُ رَقَبَتِمْ مِنْ قَبْلَ يَتَمَاسَ So whether the slave you see it free is a Muslim slave or a non-Muslim slave as long as it's a slave and you have emancipated, liberated him or her for that matter so that would suffice according to the Hanafi school. Although as we mentioned majority to the scholars say it must be a Muslim slave, male or female. However, one point I need to mention here is the beauty and the glory of the Quran. Almighty Allah in His infinite wisdom and knowledge already knew a time would come when there would be no slaves. Therefore, wherever slaves are mentioned in the Quran that you need to set them free, Almighty Allah always mentions the alternative. So Islam did not introduce slavery. Rather, Islam brought about laws to emancipate and liberate them. And Islam wants a free a society free of slaves. We need to become slaves of Almighty Allah and not slaves of human beings. Jazakallah Mufti Sab. Mufti Sab, another question that has come to us. What about in a case where a person doesn't have the ability to fast for two months and also cannot feed 60 people? In that case, what do we do? Yes, we have mentioned that the kafara and penalty for a person who committed this word, this crime of zihar, that he made his wife haram, first is he must set the slave free. We mentioned the difference of opinion. If he cannot do so, he must fast for two consecutive months. So that is also compulsory. If he cannot do so, then he must feed 60 poor people. Now it could happen that a person financially does not have the means to feed 60 poor people. Then what would happen in a case like that? So we would say that in a case like that, that he continues making tawbah and istighfar, begging Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla for forgiveness and asking Allah for pardon and making tawbah. But what he could do is he could take a loan from someone 
and then ensure that he pays the kafara and pay that person back so slowly, gradually. So in that way, because the lawyer is that he has to pay that kafara and he has three options. But obviously we are not going to tell him he must go and steal or we are not going to tell him that he must go and beg. But he could take a loan from people and in that case there, they pay that out, you know, whatever they agreed on mutually between himself and the creditor. So in that way there, the loan can be paid and the kafara will be paid first because he must realize of the great crime and sin he has perpetrated and committed. Jazakallah Mutisab and Jazakallah to you the listener for tuning into the program Al-Fiqh Al-Madhahib Al-Arba'a that is jurisprudence according to the four schools of thought. From myself Muhammad Musa Bera, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain, it's Fi Amanillah, Wassalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh.